Hey, welcome to my third stream of the day. It's a bonus stream. I got Marco Martinez with me here, uh, founder and um, publisher of Clutch Gene Sports. I just put the link to his YouTube channel in the chat in the description. If you don't subscribe, you should. He interviewed the uh, the guy who did the cognitive test for the quarterbacks, the guy with the test. You interviewed that guy on your YouTube. It was a hell of an interview. You could check it out. It's there right now. How you doing, Marco? How you doing, Grant? Thank you for having me on, man. So the guy that I interviewed was Brandon Alley, uh, the owner, the co-founder of S2 Cog uh, Cognition, um, who actually did um, was a big part of the piece with Matt Barrows. <clears throat> yep. Um, I met Marco, what was it, three years ago? Marco was in college, uh, and he was like an amateur NFL draft scout. Now he's like an insider. I mean, he knows more people than I do, and he is still quite knowledgeable, researched, and opinionated on the NFL draft. So I'm going to get your thoughts on what the Niners should do heading, heading into free agency with their picks. But first, there's a little bit of news that came out this afternoon. Phillip Rivers reached out to the 49ers last year, midseason, apparently. I guess after Jimmy Garoppolo went down and was like, hey, I'm a Hall of Fame quarterback. You want? Do you want me? And they were like, no. It's kind of interesting. Came out today. Now that we know how the Niners season ended with Josh Johnson putting a terrible position and Brock Purdy handing off, what do you think of this news? Uh, it's kind of weird, man. Like, you really believe Josh Johnson, who has never made a real like NFL roster over Phillip Rivers? Like, even if you you sign Phillip Rivers, whatever, you move money around to give him more money to be your backup. Like, realistically, you have Phillip Rivers in the NFC Championship, and you probably win the damn game with Phillip Rivers. But instead, right. they go, hey, Brock Purdy is better than you right now. Like, like to me, Brock Purdy wasn't even better than Phillip Rivers at the point when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. So that's wild. But also puts kind of confidence in, in uh, the Brock Purdy uh, movement that it, that's going on right now. I, I, It's amazing. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe Phillip Rivers didn't want to come and be Brock Purdy's backup. But if the Niners really thought, I can't get over them thinking that Josh Johnson was the best option. And it's like because he knew the system, because Kyle Shanahan didn't have time to teach the system to someone else. All I know is that Sean McVay made it work with Baker Mayfield. He taught him the system in two days. Kyle Shanahan taught Christian McCaffrey the system in two days. But at quarterback, the most important position, they were like, you know what, we got to go with someone who is just essentially like mentally ready to handle it, but not necessarily physically. That, that kills me. Uh-oh. Marco's going to come back, though. Marco's got great internet. I know, This is one thing I know about Marco. Great internet. Marco, where did you go? All right. It's all right. I'll let him come back. But I do want to just linger on the fact that the Niners have now told how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks, no thank you. Maybe they'll get Phillip Rivers this year, but the Niners have had, they've constantly had this like constant stream of mediocre quarterbacks coming in and out of here, guys who've never been to Pro Bowls, guys who've never accomplished anything. And uh, they've had actual Hall of Famers at the end of their career call them up and say, hey, I, I see the trouble you're going with. I see your plight. I want to help. I, I can be the missing I can be the, the missing piece. And they're like, nah, we're good. We have Marco Martinez. How you doing, man? 
bro, my internet's only doing bad when I'm on with you because right now it it's literally just on. Bro, it's yeah. crazy. No, look, it's just it's weird. Right. Like the fact that, like, to me, Grant, you know what this tells me? What? Kyle what? has a big, big ego that doesn't no want him to win the quarterback. I think that's it. I think that's like, it. Because it literally, like, it, like, like you said the other day on, on your show with, uh, I believe it was with Jesse, you guys were talking about how Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Trey to be the face of the offense or the face, and like, kind of the, like diminishes of who right. Kyle Shanahan is. Same thing right. goes if he wins a champ, like a Super Bowl with Philip Rivers. Well, hey, you did it with the Super with the Hall of Fame quarterback and not Jimmy. Yeah, Philip kind of bailed you out, didn't he? Like, what a story yeah. for Philip. What a yeah, story no, that's for Philip. Like, yeah. When you think about it, like at the end of the day, if Kyle Shanahan was really being a, a head coach, he would have brought Philip Rivers in no matter what. Really, like yeah. you're literally you're back in your QB two, but at that point be a legit quarterback, not yes. some dude who was playing in the XFL, AFL, wherever they, wherever Josh Johnson was. Don't get me wrong; right. like he's a solid dude, very respectful yeah. guy. Um, but really, as a quarterback, like, come on, man. Yeah, with, like, with Rivers too, you could have been like, "Look, man, Purdy's hot. Like, we'll, there's no rush for you to play. You can come in here, learn the system, play in practice, and then if if Purdy ever falters." you'll be ready, and you could step in in a playoff game. And the Niners really didn't have that kind of foresight win. No, it seemed like what the Niners were hoping was, hey, Jimmy's going to come back. Jimmy's going to come back. No, he's not. You played yourself. Marco could have told you. I could have told you Jimmy wasn't coming back. Maybe he maybe he misled you. I don't know. If he did, good for Jimmy because you had it coming for not being so easily duped. And you could have had Phillip Rivers. That's a tough one. Put salt on the wound. And the, the crazy part is, though, is Grant is like, Jimmy had no reason to come back. Come back, get hurt again, lose money. Come back, play bad, lose money. Like your his honestly, his whole focus was get healthy, get to the free agency period, go sign with someone else. It was never to come back with the 49ers. Like, I don't get what Kyle and John kept saying. Oh, possibility. Well, I mean, possibility. Jimmy could have actually played from what I was told in the divisional round. Like, that was what I was told. Is he could have been active during the divisional round. They decided, hey. We're not going to have him active. He decided no. Him and his his camp decided no. Comes out after the fact that during the game or whatever, he told Kyle, I wish I had a helmet. Helmet, you yeah. Uh -huh. You could have had yeah. one, man. Don't, don't play that card. But at, cause at the same time, like, yeah, uh, high ankle sprain's a, a serious injury, but Patrick Mahomes got it, and he didn't miss any games. I mean, it seems like, yeah, it's tough, but you're not playing running back. You're not playing wide receiver. The question is, like, do you want to play at 60%? Patrick Mahomes was like, there is nothing keeping me off the field. I'm still going to be the best player on the field at 60%. Jimmy apparently was like, yes, I do, but not for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for whatever reason, exactly. he was like, I'm not doing it for you. And I get it, man. You had no guaranteed money. You're good. They're going to spit you up and throw you out. They've already tried to replace you multiple times. I have nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, I kind of respect it. But I'm just surprised that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were surprised. Like, you're surprised? Anyway, you blew it. There were better options out there. I was thinking Cam Newton. No, Phillip Rivers had started playoff games, had won playoff games. Man, that's... Grant, does this, let me ask you before like before you, you move or anything. So does this tell you something about how the 49ers view Brock Purdy in the sense of they actually believe Brock Purdy going the rest of the season no matter what to see whether what he was... Or did they think that they had already had lightning in a bottle with Brock Purdy? I think that they – I think the second one. 
I think the Niners got way too drunk on Brock Purdy juice. I think he he had a couple good games, beat Tom Brady, scored a bunch of points, and the Niners were like, this is our guy. Kind of like what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, they're not the same quarterback. They're not. But it's the same reaction from the 49ers. Oh, my God! Five good games! Let's get... Like, he's our guy! Like, you, you, just like you wrote off Trey Lance way too soon, you might be jumping in someone's bandwagon way too soon. It's been half a season. He's already got a serious injury. Chill. But I do feel like everything the Niners have done has indicated that they're all in with Brock Purdy being their future, which, again, seems like a mistake. And Not that he's a mistake. Not that he's a mistake, but just putting all your eggs in one basket is a mistake. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, like, the thing that's crazy is, like, the way they went about it, right? So, the Dolphins game. Did they really think they had lightning in a bottle during that game? Because I'm sure that's when Phillip Rivers called. I'm guaranteed, you, hey, you right. guys just lost Jimmy. I, I could come play. I could be there. Right. I could be there tomorrow, right? Yeah. On the way yeah. home. I could save your season. Exactly. I was there at the game on the way home. I get I get a call. Hey, the Niners just are, are signing Josh Johnson from the I'm like what? Like out of all players, like the now that's where I'm like, okay, this is where I think the 49ers got caught up. Not necessarily with thinking they have lightning in the bottle. I think it's more so Kyle's ego, um, the fact that they didn't want to admit that they were wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah. just a lot of things internally that the 49ers yeah. organization was like. We screwed up keeping Jimmy and not yep. getting a legit backup yep. to Trey Lance. I think that's yep. where it went, and they got lucky. Kyle Shanahan got lucky with a quarterback like Brock Purdy that was like, hey, you actually got something good here, man. Yeah, but, I mean, at this point, they went out and traded for Christian McCaffrey. I, Brock Purdy got put in a situation at the end of last year where, like, dude, 50 quarterbacks could have succeeded in that situation. How do you miss? Checking down is always a great choice for a quarterback on this team. Like, I'm not nothing to take not to take away from Brock Purdy because he did do some high-level stuff, but come on, man. He got put in the best situation possible. Phillip Rivers would have looked good, you know. The only one who wouldn't look good is he would have looked amazing. But yeah. Anyway, that's unfortunate that Kyle Shanahan doesn't take the quarterback position. To me, his whole thing is, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback. And I don't understand why that's in his mission in life. And I don't understand why he's so intent on building through his defense, man. Like, you're an offensive coach. It's all about defense here on the 49ers. Like, you're, how many defensive players, how many first-round picks? Can't you build an, uh, an elite offense like Andy Reid does? Andy Reid has a good defense and a great offense. But you're, you're the other way around. I don't understand that. It's so weird to me. I think it's more so to do with the, with the fact that John Lynch – is the guy that is drafting and John Lynch also wants to an, an egoistic, right? Like yeah. I want to be the guy that built this great organization. Well, no, buddy, you're, you're a guy who is behind the scenes. You're a great face of the organization. Let Adam Peters do what he needs to do. Get, get out of here. Go back to the media. Let Adam Peters do what he needs to do. Cause that's exactly why Adam Peters stayed not to be the second guy. It's because Kyle Shanahan wants Adam Peters there for the offensive guys and the defensive that's guys. True. Also, I think, there's Mike Shanahan in the background. I think Kyle's a lot like him. And if you remember when Kyle, when Mike won his Super Bowls, it wasn't with John Elway throwing the ball 500 million times a season. It was with a great defense and Terrell Davis. Mm -hmm. So I still think that Kyle thinks that the way to win a Super Bowl is with great defense and a run game. And I would have to disagree. 
2023, they don't let you play defense. They've It's a penalty to play defense in the NFL in 2020, especially in the playoffs. And running the ball, like, yeah, it's important, but you have to pass the ball a lot and effectively to beat the Chiefs. Otherwise, you, I mean, the Eagles, one time of possession. They, they You can't win that way. So, anyway, Ugh. the Niners will try They'll try. And I think, too, though, if you're going to be – if Kyle wants to go back to that old-school mentality that his dad did with Terrell Davis, you got to have the running back for it. And to be honest, they don't have the running backs for it. They don't have the physical back. I mean, Jordan yeah. Mason's there, but he doesn't want to use him because he's a rookie. He's afraid yeah. to use the best players on his team because they're either rookies or, hey, you know what? You didn't do good that practice. You're in the yeah. doghouse, Danny Gray. I don't want to use you. I need speed, yeah. but no, I'm not going to figure out how to create space for you to use your speed. This weird. Weird behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Some rookies like missed up an assignment in a, in a practice one time. So he can't play, even though whenever he's actually been put in the game, he's produced. That's kind of stuff is annoying. So Brock Purdy news came out today that he was going to have surgery this Wednesday. Apparently that was wrong. And then after that, it was reported that he's going to have surgery on Friday. I mean, I, and, and then when it was presented, it was presented as good news. Like, Hey, he's good to go surgery Friday. I'm, you know, I'm a skeptic thinking, what happened to Wednesday and why not Monday? And what it's been like a month and a half and we're still waiting. How do you take this news? I right away, I tweeted out like there is not a hundred percent certainty that his surgery is on Wednesday. I don't get why right. people were like, yeah, he's getting surgery finally. And then like an hour later it was reported that it's actually Friday. I mean, yeah. even when that happens, it still might get pushed back. Realistically, like the, the throughout the days, a couple days that he has, the swelling could reoccur. Like I, from what I've heard, is the swelling is down. Oh, okay. He's okay. ready for the surgery, but that could that could reswell on him at any moment. That's like him just I walking see. around, accidentally banging his elbow on something. So it's honestly up in the air. Um, hopefully, he gets the best results. Um, sounds to me the way they keep pushing it back, like Brock Purdy and the surgeon want to do his best for Brock Purdy, but the 49ers are like, hey. Listen, dude, it's my, you know, I got a uh, free agencies in like two days. I need to yeah. sign a quarterback. What are we doing here, bro? Like, yeah, that's what I see. It, it kind of feels like there's this artificial deadline that the Niners have imposed. Like, hey, take your time, take your time and do what's best for you up until a point. Like, let's fair is fair. We got free agency in a week, bro. So f legal tampering period starts on the 15th. They're trying to get this surgery by the 10th. That gives them a five-day window to figure out what the uh, rehab's going to be and figure out what oh, the, right. who they're looking legal at, at quarterback. Legal tampering period is on Monday. Free right. agency opens on, on the 15th. Oh, wow. I thought it would. Okay. Hey. I, so, I, yeah. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure legal tampering period is Monday, the 13th, and then free agency opens up Wednesday, the 15th. I could be hey, wrong. Either That's way, it's, it, it, it's a brief window. Either yeah, way, yeah. one way or another, it's a brief window. And uh, the Niners are probably putting a little pressure, which, again, isn't fair. Isn't fair. And I, if Dr. Meister... You be the one who steps who steps in for for Brock and says, "Hey, you know what? He's not ready." If that's the case, don't let John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan push you around. You work for the Texas Rangers. You know what I'm saying? You don't work for them. Do what's best for Brock. So now this goes into the the fact that like the way because you see it the same way, like kind of feels like they're rushing um, Brock Purdy and the surgeon to hey get it done. We need to know what's going on, right? Yeah. Do you think the Four ers are mishandling this entire quarterback situation because? I feel like they're rushing Brock, and then it feels like they're, hey, uh, Tom, 
can you come save our jobs? You want to you want to win a Super Bowl and save our jobs? Kind of yeah, thing, like, let's going around, let's mention yeah? that there was a report today that if they get bad news with Brock Purdy, that the Niners will give Tom Brady a call. Again, that almost feels like a threat to Brock through the media. Like, hey, bud, if you do what's best for you and you're not back in September, well, don't come back at all because we're going to get Tom Brady. There's that, right? Yeah, hey, hey you, you think about yourself and your own career, but we're going to win a Super Bowl. We're going to bring in Tom Brady, so it's up to you. You can either have a little urgency and come back and take one for the team or let Tom Brady take your title. What do you want to do? So there's that. It's going to be weird because from what I was told, I, I I do more of the talk to agents people. I, I try to do that because that's the kind of career, that's the career I want to get into at the end of the day. And I was talking to someone and I was like, hey, what's your thoughts on this Brock Purdy situation? And he literally was like, one, this story came out about his like intelligence, that the, the IQ stuff came out because Brock Purdy's camp is trying to save his value. Because if he has Tommy John, he's probably done. They're like, Ooh. think about his career, right? So now right. it looks like that they're like they're trying to save face in the sense of, hey, hey, don't forget Brock. There's something special about him that's not physical. Exactly. Yeah. So then the yep. the physical aspect is once he loses that arm strength, that's why the 49ers are kind of telling him, well, there's a chance, man. Like, yeah, like, there, is. there is full full arm strength. It's just not. It's, it's not possible. true. It's so, true. So what I was when I was talking to agent, he was so. This is what I see is like that they're coming out saying, hey. You're losing arm strength, so we're going to go this direction to either a free agent quarterback, Tom Brady, so don't even care. Hurry up and get back on the field and show us your IQ, your abilities to do what you want. So I'm just curious because I really believe the 49ers are mishandling the Brock Purdy situation. Allow him to take however long he needs. You know how good he is. And then hand over the job to, to Trey Lance. Don't go to, to Tom Brady or another free agent. See what you have in him. You might have two quarterbacks that you could eventually dump in a year or two for a lot of draft picks. Also, what kills me is the Niners just showed that they can draft a, a certain type of quarterback and plug and play. He's ready to go. The rest of the league isn't even looking for this type of quarterback. Why wouldn't you try to do it again? I'm, I mean, I'm, not, I'm no scout, but I'm looking at the quarterbacks available this year, and I'm looking at a lot of guys who are similar to Brock Purdy. No disrespect to Brock. Absolutely. A lot of guys who could have success on this team. Not necessarily the Houston Texans, but if you put Hendon Hooker or DTR or Max Duggan or any number of dudes on this team, I feel like they could do a whole lot of the stuff that Brock does. No offense. Hey, Grant, what was the 10-yard the split you liked for quarterback that you're looking at? What was uh, Brock Purdy? Brock, Brock had that, that magic number of 155. Well, a bunch of guys matched or beat that this year bunch of guys and guess who guess who reminds me of kind of similarities i just shouldn't say reminds me but he has similarities of kyle shanahan's favorite quarterback of all time kirk cousins, kirk cousins. clayton yeah. toon oh go yeah. give him a watch grant clayton toon reminds me of kirk cousins when he was at michigan state now afraid to put the ball in certain spots like kind of like timid but if mm -hmm. it's wide open he's firing it kind of mm -hmm. sounds like a guy i know brock purdy Arm strength yep. isn't completely there. Mobile in the mobile in the pocket. His his athleticism is there. It's not he yeah. doesn't do anything spectacular, but he's, he's also not a doing dual threat, but he's not a plat he's not a statue. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not the Jim yeah. Brock, but he's more like the Brock Purdy, where as soon as something breaks down, he can make something happen. That's who I think 
Kyle Shanahan should go after. Like, I mean, if you're going to draft a guy anyways, might as well go after a guy who has shown flashes of things. I don't know, but I feel like you're right. I think Kyle Shanahan has this, like, perspective of quarterback. So, like, I could do it with the, with the seventh-round pick. All right, we'll go yeah. draft another sixth-round pick and see what we could do with a guy like Trey Lance at least. Or he's going to think, like, I got to go sign Matt Ryan because he knows my system. Like, no, dude. Matt Ryan is super-duper washed. What Clayton Toon was cool about him is he's not small. He's, like, 6'3", 220, and he did run a 4'6". He's got that nice 10-yard split. He, he's explosive. I mean, actually, he's a hell of an athlete. He, he's a 37-inch vert. He had a 6'8", 3. He's a hell of an athlete. My only thing is Kyle Shanahan, to me, I think he the way he scouts quarterbacks is he'll turn on their tape, and if a guy isn't under center at all in college, he won't draft him which is a real freaking problem because not that many colleges have their quarterbacks under center anymore. I really f- feel that he... So to Clayton Toon played in a spread offense. Will he draft him? I don't think he will. That's my prediction right there, which is a shame because that's a guy who would fit. That's a shame. DTR, so, another guy he won't, he won't consider him. He'll like Tanner McKee. He'll like Stetson Bennett. He'll oh, like Aiden O'Connell. I know. He'll like these slow, uh, heavy-footed dudes who did play action in college. That's what he likes. Bro, Why do you like... Telling you. Covering Stanford, bro, McKee was one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen in a long time processing. So the fact that you say that makes me want to barf, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I really feel like he scouts the offense, not the player. And maybe it's just he feels like, look, I can't teach a quarterback to line up under center and, t- and turn his back to the defense. Maybe other guys can, but I can't. And it's so important to my offense that I need a guy who has demonstrated it. And that's to me like... Kyle needs visual confirmation of a quarterback that can do a certain thing. Andy Reid had a vision. He saw Patrick Mahomes was like, okay, okay, I'm not going to run the air raid offense, but I can sort of meet him halfway. Kyle wasn't willing to meet Patrick Mahomes halfway, so that wasn't a fit for him. That's a problem, man. Justin Fields wasn't a fit. Why did he draft Trey Lance over Justin Fields? No disrespect to Trey Lance. But if you wanted a dual-threat quarterback, man, that's Justin Fields. If you wanted an actual quarterback, that's Trey Lance, but you didn't use him that way. But Trey Lance was under center in college, and Justin Fields wasn't. So Justin Fields wasn't even a consideration for Kyle Shanahan, which is crazy. All the best quarterbacks are in spread offenses now, man. None of those fit your offense. That's a problem, Kyle. And the thing is, is these quarterbacks, after rep, after rep, after rep, they could they could understand how to get under center. Like yes. look at look at Patrick you can teach Mahomes. it. Look at Patrick Mahomes, bro. At Texas at Texas Tech. I don't think he took snap. Look. I don't think he took snaps under center at all. It's, like, look at Colin Kaepernick. Harbaugh taught him. He was in the pistol. Harbaugh taught him to get under center. I mean, it, it took a year. Mahomes was on the bench, but like, if you really want to sit a guy a year, Kyle. You can't just rule out people that are in spread offenses in 2023. That's like Bill. That's like ruling out. That's like saying in the 90s, like man, I, I gotta run split backs. Forget any running back who's in an I formation. What are you talking about? Everyone's in an I formation. What are you doing now? You don't want people in shotgun spread offenses. Well, that's 75 percent of college football. Cool. Absolutely. So, cool. Grant, I want I want to read a quote from uh, Matt Ryan because you mentioned Matt Ryan, who Kyle might go out and sign, right? So, this mm-hmm. is a comment from Matt Ryan, I believe. Uh, Right after like Kyle left, a little bit after he left, um, and Ryan pretty much it was Ryan said uh, Shanahan would take more time to communicate plays, and that was a problem in the offense that started sputtering in the Super Bowl. So he had these comments about the Super Bowl, right? With the way Kyle's system was set up, he took more time to call plays, and we shift in motion a lot more than we did with Dirt, which is the, the offensive coordinator he had after. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get get out stuff like that. We talk about being the most aggressive team in football, and I'm all for it. But there's also winning time. You're not being aggressive, not running it there. Right. right? And what his point was like, people, people were like, 
why didn't you change the play, uh, Matt Ryan? Why didn't you call an audible? Well, so, I, it takes forever to get the call, and then I got to get up there, and I got to do eight shifts. There's no freaking time. Plus, he doesn't let his quarterbacks audible. When do you ever see a, uh, a quarterback do anything other than kill, 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 can, can, can? That's the all they're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. So would a quarterback? So would a quarterback with those comments want to come back and play for Kyle, or would Kyle want to bring a quarterback that's made those comments about his aggressive offense back to the Four Niners? I don't think so. In fact, I think probably Kyle Shanahan gets a kick out of Matt Ryan's career sort of falling apart once he left. I think Kyle Shanahan sort of rests on that. Like, hey, you know, I may not be perfect, but who had a better career after working with me? Hard Absolutely. to point to someone. Well, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk, yeah you're right. And that's, Kirk that's his game quarterback. Yeah, Chance Pot says if Tom Brady comes in, we might get a good O-line because he will demand that because he doesn't want to get hit. Yeah, but if Tom Brady comes in, he's going to want to change plays at the line of scrimmage. He's going to want input on in the offense, and Kyle's going to say, well, I don't know what Kyle would say. I don't know. You saw uh, Josh McDaniels got terrible reviews from his players. Absolutely. And the thing is, though, is I, I think at that point, Tom wouldn't even care. Tom would look over to the sideline, give him the bird mid-game, and like, I don't care what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm on the field and you're not. I'm Tom Brady yeah. and you're not. Thank you. Todd Labor says, what do you think of Stetson Bennett in the Niners offense, Marco? I mean, I'm pretty sure Stetson's going to test very well. Very smart guy. He he's 20, 25. Um, Decent athlete, he, too. He's, yeah, I mean, he has a stronger arm than people give him credit for, but he's not a gunslinger. I mean, it's kind of like no. what Kyle had with Brock Purdy in a sense of smaller guy. Um, their mobility is smaller better. than Brock. Yeah. He's smaller than thing, Brock. Yeah. I don't. I'm gonna say right straight up. I don't like Stetson Bennett. I don't. I think he's not a good quarterback. I mean, at Georgia, they literally ran the ball majority of the time, and he <laughs> barely threw the ball. So I mean, I don't really like him. But he would fit Kyle's offense because Kyle's gonna scheme stuff open just like he did with Brock. I would rather go. I feel like Hendon Hooker is. I mean, if you're looking for old quarterback quarterbacks who are 25, and Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker's always been good. He's always been efficient. I feel like that's gonna be that. Second round pick that in, you look back and be like, well, actually, he probably should have been a first round pick. He the might the reason why he's not going to be a first, though, Grant, is because of the ACL injury and then the, sure. the age. That's true. That's true. Um, but I mean, all these quarterbacks have questions to me. Uh, what Aru Luster says, trying to find the right quarterback for the system and not adapting the system to the quarterback severely limits the talent pool. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I, that's why I, I look at Philly and I'm like, you know what? I kind of like what they're doing because what they're doing is they're trying to meld NFL offenses with college offenses. And if you can do that, that opens up a whole world to you. Now you can draft Ohio State players and Oklahoma and your USC and all the best players are on offense are available to you. Whereas and Kyle's looking for throwbacks. And if you look at the great offensive minds in, in, in the NFL right now, you look at guys like Andy Reid, you look at uh, Nick Sirianni, um, who, yeah. uh, not I want to say Kyle because Kyle is not doing it. But if you look at the guys that are that are legit competing every year, um, Josh Allen, I wouldn't necessarily say his offense coordinator because he's running the show there. Um, but if you look at them, they're getting whoever doesn't fit their system, molding it around them. So whoever takes like the Anthony Richardsons right. uh, of the draft this year, that's going to be whoever takes them is going to be smart because they're going to mold their offense around him. And right. say, hey, I know you did this great X, Y, Z, great in college. Now yeah. we'll let you do that, and we'll kind of start implementing in year two the NFL like stuff. So I think, right, he's, you know, and like if your offense is college style enough, you can make it work with 
Anthony Richardson as he gets more reps as a passer. Like, I keep thinking, let's say he goes to Indianapolis. I think that would be perfect for him. They just hired Philly's offensive coordinator. They have Jonathan Taylor. Can you imagine an RPO zone read offense with those two? They'd be the best rushing. They would just, the baseline would be the best running attack in the league. And then if he could complete 55% of his passes, that's a dangerous offense. And he would theoretically improve from there. So it's like if you're if you're a new co- a coach with job security, how do you not take that risk? Because even if you get it wrong, you could take a quarterback next year, man. There's no harm, no foul. You it's know? the thing is like if you don't have a quarterback, if you're not draft, if, so if you don't have your franchise, if you don't have the Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen's, Joe Burrows of the world, every year you should be drafting a guy until you get your guy. Like for example, exactly. whatever team drafts Caleb Williams, I guarantee you they're not looking at Caleb Williams like well. Doesn't take snaps from under center that much. Yeah. <laughs> he, his footwork is terrible. I mean, he doesn't throw off, he throws off platform to it. Like, if they're doing that, like what Kyle did to Patrick Mahomes, uh-huh. Deshaun yeah. Watson, those guys, Justin Fields, you got an issue. Like, you really you do, do have an issue. Yeah. And look, honestly, with, with Kyle Shanahan, a lot of people say that he's a great coach and he does a lot of things very well, but he's always going to be a contender and never a champion if he can't figure out the quarterback position. And boy, if you look at him and his dad, ever since John Elway retired, Kyle and Mike have been floundering at the most important position. The two of them. No, I agree. They could they could put together a team though, but not that. But you, Kyle, but the, the thing is, like you, we could talk about Kyle as being a great coach, but a great coach, Grant, to me, doesn't have his players dictate who he plays and dictate. Good point. Because if that was the case, I guarantee you, if we go back to Philly, right? If we go back to Josh Allen's time there, uh, his rookie year, and we were to ask those players what they thought, they're going to say, well, yeah. this quarterback had flashes. He had flashes, but he's not doing good. We're not we're not getting the results we want. However, those coaches stuck with those players. So, for example, when Trey Lance um, beat out Jimmy Garoppolo his rookie year, he should have started. The fact that um, Kyle went to players and were like, hey, who do you want to play with? Mm-hmm. To me, that's where it separates the great and the elite coaches with the coaches that are, that are you know, you're a really good coach because you know how to win, you know how to set up a team. Also, remember, um, Jim Harbaugh wanted to transition from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Smith got hurt. Kaepernick came in, played well. Smith got healthy. Harbaugh stuck with Kaepernick. That was who he wanted to transition to. A lot of the players... Same situation. Friends with Alex Smith. Thought it wasn't fair. You don't lose your job to to an injury. Harbaugh said, you know what? I'm making the decision. I'm the coach here. And you guys are going to get in line. You know what? They did. They did. And you know what? It was the right decision for that team. So I don't don't see Kyle Shanahan doing that with his guys. And that's the issue. To me, to be honest with you, Grant, that's the issue. The fact that you're allowing... You're, because to be honest, what he's doing is you know, he's allowing for his players to do. He's allowing that locker room to divide. Okay, you're either this side of the locker room, you're a Trey guy. This side, you're a Brock guy. This side, you're a Jimmy mm-hmm. guy. That's what mm-hmm. he's allowed his players to do instead of saying, hey, this is my quarter. This is our quarterback, and you're going to like it. And if you don't like it, the door's right there. We're willing to trade you. If you're a, a George Kittles, the juices, or whatever the, the hell it may be, if we're willing to get good capital for you, oh, well, we'll, we'll replace you because you're replaceable. For example, and the, whole idea, and the whole idea of moving on from Jimmy is that, you know, good quarterbacks aren't good enough. We, we know that the Niners can win a lot of games with physically limited quarterbacks. They've proven it with multiple guys, Jimmy and Brock. The whole idea is if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to sort of commit to the long view and, and, and develop someone with super 
premium traits. And what's interesting is like if it seemed like Kyle understood that for like a second, but then he reverted back to his comfort zone, which is let me just win games with someone who knows my system, which is unfortunate. At the end of the Super Bowl, when they when the Chiefs won again, there was a really interesting moment where Andy Reid's being interviewed on television by Steve Young. And Steve's like, what did you learn from this whole experience? Yada, yada, yada. And Andy Reid says, you know what? I'm important. Our coaching staff is important. But what I've learned through the years is you need one of you. And he points at Steve. You need one of you. And Steve's like, oh, shucks, and starts blushing. But you'd never hear Kyle say that. You would never hear him say that. He'll say like, oh, you know, he, he, would play, he would praise every player on his team before he praised his quarterback. It's a different mentality with Kyle. Bro, Kyle blamed yeah. the injury initially on, on Brock, Brock. Purdy. Yes, he and did. then he ends up changing it up, saying, you know what? It was just uh, it happens. And it happens. With, it's no one's and fault. With, with Trey, he blamed it on Trey at first. And then he's yeah. like, well, I, he's a dual threat. Like, so – that's what I'm saying. He'll never put the take the blame as no. like the great head coaches. They'll take the blame. But you know what? That was my fault. And he's because not what like the great head coaches understand is that the most important person in the organization is the quarterback. Now, you can't take it to an extreme like Russell Wilson where he gets his own office and he's detached from the team. But still, he's the you're the most important person. In the, not the coach. Coach is number two. Quarterback's number one. But Kyle can't live in that world. He can't. He's got to be number one. It's got to be Kyle Shanahan featuring the quarterback, not the quarterback featuring Kyle Shanahan. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's I, a problem. It's because Kyle has this, like, major fantasy of playing quarterback. Yes, he does. Like, that's to me, that's what I see, man. Like, at the end of the day is Kyle really had an obsession with football, which yes. if you have to have it to be a head coach. But he had an obsession. Not just coaching, playing. You're right. Not just You're coaching, right. playing. Because he, he wants to be a, friends with the he players, loved. he saw himself as a player. Yeah, yeah, and like he wanted to be, he wanted to be a quarterback, but he wasn't. He didn't have the stature, didn't have everything. And then becoming a receiver, his best friend was the quarterback at Texas. To me, it's just very weird. Um, don't get me wrong; he's a great head coach. I think he's one of the top five head coaches in the NFL. But I think there's the difference between the top three head coaches and then four and five right now. Like those other guys, they they've understood you have to develop a quarterback, and they're. They, those quarterbacks are the team. You're not. Yeah. Thank you very much. Fish and Chip says the head coach is the reason we are a step behind. It's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum because he's also, he built all this. You know, this is his team. It's not John Lynch's team. It's a very, it's a great team to cover. Were you nervous about going 4K with your face the way it is? Yeah. I'm ugly as hell, man. Thank you very much, PIVC. But, you know, I do what I can. Fish and Chip says, not a BP guy or a Trey Lance guy. I'm a Niner guy, period. Yeah, if only more players on the team were like you. All right, I got a couple questions. Uh, based on all the craziness that's going on, a lot of reports on vets the Niners could sign. They're clearly going to bring in someone, whether in the draft or free agency. If you had to guess, who do you think it'll be? Now, it depends because is Brock out for the year or is Brock? It's true. You know what I mean? So to me, like I, you can't pinpoint a quarterback because if Brock's out for the year – I'm signing a guy like, to be honest, Andy Dalton. I thought Andy Dalton played phenomenal last year. Now, Jacoby Brissett, I would love to have Jacoby Brissett. But the thing is, with Jacoby Brissett, I think he, he's a guy that deserves a bigger opportunity. And I don't That's think he's going to get that opportunity. He's graduated beyond this, I would hope. I yeah. hope. But like, so I could see Kyle with a guy like Andy Dalton in the sense of, now it's not necessarily different schematically from Trey Lance, but. 
He could throw the, those deep routes that Kyle wants. He could find the open guy. He could run Kyle's offense like a head coach wants. You know, Kyle wants yeah. it to ring, ring, be ran like a, hey, I want you to throw to this guy after you hit step three. Or right. you know what? Step three, look left, ter- throw right. You know, that's the kind yeah. of style Kyle runs right now. So um, I think Andy Dalton's a perfect fit for him. Oh, God. What I'm thinking with Andy Dalton is five games. Five games. I hate, I hate predicting injuries, but come on. I mean, it's, it's the Niners pad. I'm thinking five. Over, under, five and a half. I could, I He's mean, I get, old. I get what you're saying, but I mean, he lasted, he lasted pretty long last year with a, with well, a bad team. He was getting hit a yeah, lot. That's true. The Niners are special, though. They, Who would you I don't bad luck. I would draft. I would just go back to the draft. I agree. But I know I, it's like, it's, it's like, it's risky, right? You got this great team and you got. Any vet you bring in is going to be some journeyman guy who's on his 11th team or he's had, he's had three surgeries or his team, all of his teams have always hated him. I mean, guys like that. Or, you know, the one guy I would actually consider is Marcus Mariota. I kind of like. Why? Dude, the last couple of years, he's became a, not necessarily a diva, but from what people that I've talked to, like. Yeah, what is of, that? What is I don't that? know. Like, everyone. He walked away like, from the from the Falcons. He walked away. Pretty much, but the thing yeah. is, though, is, is and I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily buy these these narratives of these guys, right? Like, don't tell me, don't tell me, Marcus Mariota randomly one year decided, you know what, I'm gonna be a jerk. Like, I think yeah. he's a great, team, so I think he would fit the the offense. I think he'd be also. I be- feel like quarterbacks of color always sometimes get a, a bad rap with this innuendo. Right. I'm like, you know what, uh, I still. I still like Marcus Mariota, and those are the kind of quarterbacks that, honestly, um, the Seahawks gave Geno Smith $100 million today. I'm sure the Niners are like, oh, great. If they had signed Mariota, I'd be more concerned. But they signed Geno, good quarterback, but not the kind of quarterback that gives the Niners problems. He's the kind of guy yeah. who folds in the pocket against the Niners. A name I'm, I'm going to ask you about is not necessarily mentioned out there, but what would be your thoughts if they went and signed Tyrod Taylor? I thought they would do it last year. So did I. I thought they would do it last year. And the fact that they didn't and, and sign Nate Sudfeld and said again made me think like, man, how committed are you to this Trey Lance project? Uh, because it seemed like if you really were committed, you'd be installing this 11 on 11 offense and try, going all in with your version of what Philly's doing. And it seemed like they were right. Aaron Banks was a departure. Trey Sermon was a little different. Danny Gray was clearly for Trey, but then it all went away. So that's so the thing that's crazy. Cause like there's quarterbacks out there. Like, that are at legit quality quarterback twos. Like, if you ever get to your third quarterback, I'm sorry to tell any 49ers fan, if you ever get to quarterback three, you're not winning a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. So no No. matter who they bring in, if you're going to bring in a guy like Andy Dalton and he's your third quarterback, you're not going to win at all. I'm sorry. Now, if he's your quarterback two, sorry to tell you, but most likely you don't have – he's not going to have a Nick Foles run. It It is what it is. Like, now, the fact that, Jimmy Garoppolo and then Brock Purdy went on these runs. That's once in a lifetime kind of thing. That's a that's a a, a movie like script, and it's yes. not going to happen again. It's not. All right. Entering this off season, which starts in about a week, what would you say the Niners' biggest need is? They have a few holes in their starting lineup. A few. I would say center. Um, I know everyone like a lot of people like to say right tackle. A lot of people like to say mm-hmm. free safety. Um, because those are the two obvious needs or defensive line. Um, but when you have a guy like Nick Bosa across the offense, a defensive line, I don't think that's too major of a need because he's already there. You have a blue chip player there. 
Um, Plus, you drafted Drake Jackson last year. You have Eric Armstead. You could probably sign a fourth pass rush. There's always guys who've been given up on, like 32, 33 years old. You can bring in the Justin Houston's, Elvis Doomervilles of the world. Yeah, this guy, you can bring in Leonard Floyd. Anyway, center. Center. I mean, if you look at it, so Kyle's offense runs the best when he has a legit center. Now, yeah. Jake Brendel was played well, but the offensive line struggled in the run game. That was the first time I've seen Kyle's yeah. offense struggle in the run game, and it all starts up front with Jake Brendel. He wasn't able yeah. to get to his reach blocks. He wasn't able to get to the second level like I thought he was going to be able to do. Now, he was yeah. voted an alternate pro bowler, which was very weird because the 49ers fan base loves their players and voted him in. I love it. I love that the fan base did that. It's just phenomenal to see. But he isn't the guy. I would go out and I would either you either signing a guy like uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, Garrett Bradbury, um, Ethan Posick uh, from Cleveland, uh, played really well, or you're going to draft, you're going to trade up and draft a center. I mean, I don't think the 49ers could go um, another couple of years playing the uh, center carousel. They went from uh, Richburg, they went to Alex Mack, and then to Jake Brendel. Um, you're going to have a poor offensive line when the center is in. You know, the center is the anchor of the offensive line at the end of the day. And the fact that people were saying, no, you need a right tackle. You could get a right tackle that is very similar to what Mike McGlinchey was in the draft class in the third round, at the back end of the third round. So I'm not too worried about right tackle. You could also sign a guy like um, Wiley from Kansas City, which would be a lot cheaper than going out and signing a guy like Caleb uh, McCary. Um, to me, center must be answered for the next five to six years. The reason is, is if you're going to have a young quarterback like Brock Purdy or Trey Lance be the future of your franchise, you need the center position to be someone that's going to be there for a long time. And they need to get that answered right away. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is interesting. Um, That kind of like resonates with me. It seems like something the Niners would do. I'm looking at his uh, combine numbers He's the kind of athlete they'd look for. He's played in a similar system. Where was he in Minnesota? Minnesota. I know he he missed like five games last year. Maybe maybe now is not the time to sign him. But it does seem like someone they'd be interested in. Do you think they would sign him? How how expensive is is he going to be? I mean, I don't think he's going to be crazy expensive. I think you could get him for. So and I, I know like if I was to go look on the uh, spot rack, they'll probably have him around eleven million. Um, okay average per year, which is actually fairly a, a good deal for a starting caliber center. Now, good guess. Playing, good guess. You're good. 11.9. That's pretty so, good. Yeah. So for me, I, I would rather sign a guy like a, a starting caliber center and, and then sign a, a Wiley from, from Kansas city at right tackle. Nothing too crazy. Not the major need. Um, but that center position needs to be answered, man. I'm tired of Kyle going from, hey, you know what? We had he he tried with Western Richburg, and then he was like, hey, Alex, can you do two years? Come on, man, two yeah. years. And then and he was Alex like, yeah, absolutely. Game yeah, gave yeah, him of one. course. I mean, was one. it two or was it two? Give him one. Might have been one. I, it was one. Yeah. Might have been anyway, one, but he like it was less than expected. Yeah. Yep. Um. So the thing is, is like, once you get that guy at center to match with your quarterback of the future, the whole offensive line, you, you know. The, the great quarterbacks have always had their center. So to me, once you get that guy, I think the offensive line will kind of be a lot better because he's calling out protections, takes the pressure off of the quarterback. I don't know. I just think the offensive uh, the center position is the biggest need. 
Yeah, and if you remember, they dra- they signed uh, Richburg. I think he was 27. I think they gave him a five-year deal. And mm-hmm. this year would have been the final year of that deal. So the Niners, under Kyle, have made large, long-term investments in free agent centers in the past. Uh, this would kind of be up that alley. I think Brad is a better player than Richburg was. I think he's a better athlete than Richburg I was. I think he is. Rich- I think he is. I think that would be an upgrade. Uh, and Andrew Wiley, the thing about him is he would be an upgrade over McGlinchey. And he'd be cheaper than McGlinchey. A lot cheaper. Look, I know a lot of people, Niner fans, McGlinchey isn't terrible. But, man, that contract is going to be terrible. Whoever gives it to him. Wow. It's going to be the Bears. They're going to I feel like the Bears are going to overpay him just because they need it. They need to help Justin Fields. Like to me, that's not going like, to help hey, Justin Fields. <laughs> it's not, but like, but they, this is what they need to do. Their fan base has been giving them a lot of pressure in the sense of, Hey, you need to upgrade that offensive line. So now they're going to, they feel obligated right. to the fact that I think they traded away, like pick 32 for Chase Claypool, I believe. Oh, uh, oh, oh so, why would you do that? So they don't have their, they don't have their, their entire uh, spew of picks. Because they traded, yeah, they traded uh, pick 32. To, uh, 30, well, it would be 32 because um, someone got a uh, pick taken away in the first round. So they would have pick one and pick 32 or 33 or whatever. But they traded that away for Claypool. So they have pick 53. So they could take a right tackle there. But if they go out and sign someone like uh, Mike McGlinchey, then at pick 53, they could go and upgrade somewhere else. Because I really believe they're going to do that. They're going to do that stupid signing. Um let me ask you a question. What's the worst franchise? The Bears or the Arizona Cardinals? Washington Commanders, but... Um, They're bad, too. But are those the, th- the, 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 the three worst ones? I mean, Arizona so. charges their players to eat if they eat. Like, they charge them for like certain that's things, wild. right? Wild. Yeah, wild. Hey, that's, you know what that is? That's, that's Moneyball, Oakland A's kind of stuff. Yeah, like, hey, we don't have money, so you know, you want a drink? Hey, that's gonna be five bucks. You want a smoothie? That's ten. Hey, you want to eat? Do you want to eat lunch today? Are you sure? You don't want to call your wife to pack you lunch today? Honestly, man, how, how do you sign free agents when that's your reputation? I don't understand. And, and that's I don't. You overpay. You, you how do yeah. you sign them? Hey, hey, if I if the you other overpay. team offering you fourteen. I'll give you seventeen million. Yeah, it's like, man, if I'm gonna have to pay for my own lunch, you're gonna have to give me an extra million dollars, man. I'm not paying Absolutely. for my own lunch. Yeah, that's hilarious. Not a BP guy or a Trey Lance guy. We got you already. Hold on. Does he? Uh, I'm gunning for the head coach this year. Last chance. Last chance for Kyle. Fish and chips says massive sinkhole on the right side of the O line. Yeah, I, I'm also questioning Burford too. I mean, he held his own as a rookie, but what's the upside there? I'd like. I uh, will see. Pro Bowl player. You really think so? The first, the first day I seen the first day I seen him, I went to camp. Uh, camp. I, the first what do you thing like I about said, What do I love about him? Yeah, tell I me. I love his strength. I love how how okay. he, his timing with his hands is very. He's got perfect. length. Uh, he's got length. He's got length. You, know, you don't got, necessarily need length to to be yeah. a good offensive lineman. Gar- it's yeah. a matter of, of knowing when the prop time is to actually strike. So he's very yeah. patient. Now, when he he's new to the guard position, he, he was a tackle. So the fact mm-hmm. I see is. Athleticism is good. His strength yeah. is good. His footwork is much better than I thought it was going to be at guard. Um, size. He's just he's an overpowering guy. Now with the, another year in in a strength room with the 49ers staff, I think he's going to be a very very good player. And his upside is a Pro Bowl player. Cool. It seems like at 
their guard positions, the Niners aren't super concerned about speed. I mean, neither yeah. Aaron Banks or Spencer Burford are the fastest guys. Uh, but it seems like the Niners are sort of because it used to be all about outside zone and getting out, but now yeah. it's like you're kind of gearing up for maybe a Trey Lance offense with the zone read and Christian McCaffrey, and maybe they just want to be able to push people back in the interior. Well, it's because it's because speak Grant, it's because like a lot of these teams are trying to go reverse. Like they notice a lot of teams are going to this outside zone. So what they're doing, instead of getting these athletic, fast defensive tackles, they're getting these big bodies that you know what? Yeah. You can't reach me because I'm gonna cross your face. And I'm so much bigger and stronger than you that you can't uh, do that. So what they're right. doing is you I'm just to gonna push to... you back in the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like okay, yeah, you run that outside zone. I'm gonna cross face and I'm just gonna bull rush you into the yeah. backfield. So I've noticed right. like a lot of like if we're looking at these defensive tackles coming out that are going higher in the draft, they're becoming a lot bigger and more athletic. So you look at these guys running, man. These dudes are 300 pounds running freaking five flat 40s, man. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah, you, yeah, they're they're athletic, but they're three three twenty running like this. So you have to get bigger, less athletic guards. Yeah, yeah. and which is kind of the reason why the outside zone maybe. I don't know how, how effective it's going to be in the future going forward as football evolves. It's interesting to think, yeah, like asking your guard, your right guard to do a reach block on Chris Jones. Hey, go get him. Like, are you kidding? That's impossible. I can't. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So what no, are we going to do? Exactly. What if that's play side too? How, how, do you, how do you run outside zone to Chris Jones to the three texts? It's like, it's impossible. Yeah. And then that's why Kyle started to go in a lot of inside zone. Right, and if Make you're going to do inside zone, then you might as well have the quarterback involved with a little zone read, and then you have a quarterback like that, but he's hurt. Final question. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. Uh, free agency is about to start. Not what they should do, but give me a prediction. I think the Niners have w at least one big move, but one big move. If they're going to make one big swing, what will it be? Last year it was Traverius Ward. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be another Char Charverius Ward signing in the sense of it's not going to be the top dude at his position, but it's going to be a guy that's going to impact the 49ers. It's going to be the hopefully the right signing. Um, if I was the 49ers, there's a couple guys I like. Garrett Bradbury is a big one. Um, but if you want to go towards the defense side of the ball, if I'm the 49ers, so teams are going to overpay guys like the um, Marcus Davenport of the world, right? They're going to go try to sign that guy because he was all oh, he was a first rounder. He's a guy that. Could could get you 10, 15 sacks a year. Three down um, linemen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, three yeah. down linemen. Yeah. But if I'm the yeah. 49ers, what I'm really trying to go out and sign, and it's going to be an interesting name, but a, a lot of people are overlooking Yannick Nagakwe. Now, Yannick Nagakwe, to me, is a player that you line him up outside of Nick Bosa. Now, he has a little bit of injury history, so you got you got to deal with that. But you're going to get him at a cheaper rate. Probably going to get him around – 13 to 15 million per year. And if you're putting them up with Nick Bosa, that's a guy that's going to change the 49ers defense. Now that the don't say Frank Clark's because I, I, I like Frank Clark, don't get me wrong, but that's to me if, because I, I know a lot of people were going to start right away. Frank Clark was released. A bunch of people were like, oh, Frank Clark, Niners, get him. No, don't do that because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to have a player who has off the field concerns. Probably going to get injured again, D Ford 2.0, in my opinion. So I would go out and get a uh, Yannick Nagakwe, um, or if you want to get a little bit cheaper, go get a Dante Fowler. Same age, athletic speed on the outside with Chris yeah. Kasarik. Those two guys would eat, man. Yeah. What about Leonard Floyd? I would do Leonard Floyd, but 
a little bit older, 30. So if I'm That's getting true. the yeah, Yannick Nagakwe and, and Dante Fowler, I believe they're both 28 or about to be 28, okay. both okay. 27. Uh, so they're both about to be 28. So to me, what I would do is I would go that route because they're just a little bit younger. So if you do get them on a three-year, four-year deal, now you don't ha- you're not getting that, oh, snap, we yeah. overpaying this dude at the age of 33, and he is not good. With the, the Niners need to sign an edge rusher. But at the same time, it'd be great if they didn't have to spend much on it. It'd be cool if they could f- convince some guy like, look, man, we don't have a big budget. But if you come here for one year, do you understand you'll never get double teamed? Ever. Okay, all this, all, the, the, it's all, the protection's always sliding away from you. You'll have nonstop one-on-ones, and you'll get paid somewhere else next year, man. What do you say? Could they, they got to be able to get someone to say yes to that. It's a good, it's a good gig. Now you might get hurt. It's football. Still, it's an investment well, in yourself. If you look at Yannick Nagakwe, I mean, he's already his his contract he's, that he's already had. He's money. I mean, he's already he's had money. big paydays. Yeah, I believe he's already had a big payday with. Uh, let me go and double check. The but Raiders? I believe with the Raiders, I believe the Raiders, the Raiders? signed him to a like, two year, yeah. twenty million or maybe. So he's had a decent sized payday. Um, he was drafted higher in the third round, so he's not necessarily a guy who hasn't made the money. Um, I got a prediction, though. They're going to sign Jesse Bates. So, I and I, I like Jesse Bates. I like I Jesse Bates. Him. He's really good. He's real good. He's good. He's, he's really good. game with, with new defensive coordinator uh, Steve Wilkes. Oh, my. Dude. I mean, that'd be a good <laughs> secondary. It would be. But, I mean, he's going to be expensive. Yeah. No, but the thing is, if you want to stay, like, if you want to do the money ball route that the 49ers constantly have been doing in the past, a guy like Julian Love from New York, um, a guy who's a free safety, plays strong safety, he's interchangeable. Um, now he's a little bit rangy, not the, I mean, not the best player. He's not gonna be the Jesse Bates, but now you're having to pay in the in the eighteen, maybe possibly twenty for Jesse Bates because you're having to compete with the top safety class, and his yeah. his agent isn't getting isn't getting nothing less than the top agent, uh, uh, free safety, strong safety uh, market. So you're going to have to pay for Jesse Bates. The 49ers don't do that. But the thing about safeties, which is nice, kind of like tight ends, is they're, for some stupid reason, cheaper than corners. They're like artificially – so like Jesse Bates, really good player, probably cheaper than Emmanuel Mosley just because he's a safety, which is like, uh, I might take Bates because Mosley's coming off an injury and he's very good but not great. And Lenore kind of stepped up last year at the end. No, you're you're right, but if you look at the so cheaper than I, mean, I don't think he's gonna be cheaper than than Mosley because if you look Mosley? at it, you know, the yeah, because the highest paid safeties last year, Mika Fitzpatrick is at twenty two, Marcus oh. Williams with the Ravens is at sixteen, and then Justin Simmons is at fifteen. So it starts getting. I, I was thinking like Justin Reed. Justin Reed gets like twelve million a year, or something with with Kansas. Uh, City. Justin Reed gets twelve. No, I think he's less know. than that because. Jesse Bates right now. So Jesse Bates is starting. Oh yeah, Justin Reed gets eleven point six, but Jesse Bates' starting market is at least 15? 14, uh, yeah, 14. fifteen. That has to be because he 14. made twelve point nine last year on on his last yeah. uh, on his last contract. Yeah. And all it takes is one team from a tax free state to put down 15, 14 and a half, and the Niners are like, well, damn, I got to offer sixteen. Yeah, I don't know if they'll get them, but I think I feel like the Niners are just so. They're so proud of their defense. They're not willing to take a, a step back on defense, even though I don't think it's. I don't think you have to have the number one defense in the league. If you're tenth, 
It's fine. You have to have the number one offense in the league. That's what you got to do. That's what you have to strive for, at least. But they, they, they love the defense. What was the the defensive ranking this year for for the NFL? Was what was uh, Kansas City? I don't think they were in the top ten. Were they? Or were they barely top ten? They might have been middle of the pack. They were. Hold on, eleventh in yards, sixteenth sixteenth in points allowed. As mediocre as it gets in points allowed, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. It used to be defense wins championships. Now it's kind of like defense doesn't matter. You can't have a bad defense. You can't have a bad yeah. defense, but. Man, you, all you have to have is a serviceable defense, and you can put that together in an offseason. And even Which then, if you, look at yeah. what, if you look at Kansas City, man, like their defense was a bunch of young players. Exactly. Young corner, corners. I believe they had one or two. Uh, their linebackers were fairly young. Their their defensive line was younger. Like, to me... They're, the the core of their defense essentially is Chris Jones and Justin Reed. That's it. Everyone else is interchangeable. Shaverius Ward... Excellent player. Thank you so much for your service. Goodbye. Absolutely. And with the 49ers already have Grant, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. That's all you really need to carry a defense. Honestly, that's it. But now you got Chavarius Ward also, Dre Greenlaw also, Eric Armstead also. That's six guys. That's five. And then you got Jesse Bates could be six. So, again, the Niners are super proud of their defense, but I'm thinking maybe center and right tackle. If I, if I, I want to say one thing. Trent Balky. Not the greatest GM, but not the worst. And the, one of the best things he ever did, first thing as a GM, he finished that offensive line. Mikey Potty, Anthony Davis. And you know what? Those guys really were the engine of that offense. When Harbaugh was here, he had the best O-line in the league for two or Absolutely. three years. He did. And when Anthony Davis got hurt in 2014 and Jonathan Martin replaced him, everything fell apart. Uh, I agree. The thing is, like with, with the NFL, is if you're not keeping your quarterback upright, you're, you're, you can't run the ball. There's no You're not a contender. You're not a serious team. You're not a serious no. team. And the Niners have had half an offensive line for six years. Half. And they're that good. That's a thing that's crazy. Is they're that good? If, they because if you're competing every year, if you're competing every year, you're pretty good. Well, Andrew Wiley just the the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with Andrew Wiley in their starting lineup. So he could be a championship level player. And Garrett Bradbury, I mean, he's probably as athletic as anyone the Niners would get at center this year. That's an interesting plan. It's an interesting plan. Whatever Kyle's plan is, it better take offensive line to account for a change. Sugar Shane says, let Wilkes coach and draft players, uh, then pay big money. Yeah, for a team that drafts and develops as well as the Niners do, they really want to spend in free agency, which is amazing to me. Anyway. That's, that's the thing show. that blows my mind. Is it's What? It, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Because like when you look at the, the organization, right, they're ran so well. They try to take care of their players so well. But they're afraid of pay players. That's what blows my mind. It's like you're afraid of pay players, but you want to treat them like don't get it. Fish and Chip says, "Stop saying Super Bowl window, everyone. Every year is Super Bowl or bust." Anyway, uh, Marco, again, if you don't subscribe to Marco's YouTube channel, Clutch Gene Sports, he has an exclusive interview from just last week where he interviewed uh, again. I forget the guy's name. Say his name. Brandon Alley. Brandon Alley who works for the company that does the cognitive test for Brock Purdy. It was, man, I suck at talking. Anyway, I'm going to be on Marco's channel later this week, and Marco's going to have a bunch of people on this channel. He's grinding, so I suggest checking it out. I'll be there. Hey, thank you, Grant, for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching, everyone.